If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. This is our 2023 Wells Fargo Championship and DS Automobiles Italian Open Tips Podcast. Episode 256, Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams. Join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with in-depth betting previews for both events this week. We've got strokes gained rankings for both events as well, Italian Open and Wells Fargo. We've got course form statistics. We've got combined current form stats as well, plus our brand spanking new predictor model. All of these features like this podcast are completely free of charge with no paywall. Barry is at a good talk golf on Twitter. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Now, I worked out this week, chaps. We have now got over 400 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So let's drive towards 500 five-star reviews on Apple. So, as ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Danny in Canada's done that. He did it last week. As I said, we're quite low on reviews. So if you're going to write one this week, you're very likely to be at the start of next week's show. Thank you to Danny in Canada. His five-star review is entitled Second to None, Best Golf Pod Around. Five stars. Thorough, in-depth course breakdowns, form discussions, and stat-driven analysis. If you are looking for a quick pick-driven pod, this isn't for you. However, those looking for real discussion and thoughtful analysis breakdowns week after week will not be disappointed. As a new dad, car rides can be challenging, but as soon as my daughter hears the opening jingle, she starts to talk away like she's part of the crew. Looking forward to making more memories with her and the pod. Appreciate all you do, gents. Danny in Canada. What a lovely review that is. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, thanks, Danny. And uh, yeah, hopefully it kind of soothes your daughter to sleep when you're on those uh, long journeys. Um but yeah, brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Danny. Um, sounds like there's an opportunity for Sam to do a children's musical uh, album. <laughs> yeah, potentially. It's amazing the parts of the world and the way that you can touch people's lives through a podcast, I always find. Mm. Right, let's review last week, shall we, chaps? Uh, Mexico Open first, I think. I managed to scrag uh, Akshay Bartio at ninety to one, full each way payout. He was the he was the one guy that was challenging the three to one favourite and the eight to one second favourite at, at fifty four holes. Yeah. So that was that was quite a mm. 
quite a feat. He did well. You were on Toasty, weren't you, Barry? That was a good. Oh, that was a very good find, Toasty. Thank you. Yeah, he, he also found a wonderful round on Sunday to actually make it a reality. So um, it was. It, it kind of I, I discovered during the week there was a good, nice little lead-in backstory, or not. Well, not nice. It all worked out nice in the end, but he ended up being hit with a two-shot penalty the week before on the um, KF. The Corn Ferry Tour, um, by accidentally taking an official buggy, uh, a number of players did. Um, so he got an invitation into the Mexico Open, has con- now converted that into a um, top 10 and gets an invitation into um, the Wells Fargo this week. So, you know, it's nice to, things things came around quite well for him and he's taken advantage of it. So mm. it was, finally yeah. these uh, 12 place extended each way bets are working out. What price did you get, Baron? Uh, I think it was two twenty-five. Oh, very nice. Mm. When the price is uh, sufficient like that, then uh, it, it can make all the difference. Mm. So yeah, even yeah. though it goes one ninth yards for that, but I think it boils to twelve as well. But their prime price goes down. Mm. Now, in, maybe in that situation, it's the way to do it was to do it that way. Yeah, because um, I think boils do one fifth yards, but sometimes it just washes out. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you do the math, then you probably find it's there's not a massive amount of difference between the two returns. Mm. You know, you're getting a better headline price, but a, a, a higher denominator um, or, or a lower headline price. It's, it swings and roundabouts, but uh, either way, as Steve said, cracking pick, um, cracking pick with Akshay Batia as well, Steve. So well done, both of you boys. It was. Hey, did we talk about the reverse forecast last week? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Did we? Did you back that poll? No. No. I talked myself was, out of it at the start. Oh no! <laughs> it was only I was watching the two boys just like pop. You know, it would have been a cakewalk for a bet as well because there was never re- a real threat of. Um, well, Brandon Wu did momentarily tie the lead and then got a nosebleed. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we missed out on the obvious bet, didn't we? Yeah, you know, as I said, it was kind of my knee-jerk reaction was to to go down that route, but it would have it, it was I forget twenty or twenty-five to one for the, uh, the the dual forecast, thirty-five to one if you'd have gone for Ram first, uh, Tony Finau second. I suspect it'd have probably been forty, forty-five to one had it been the other way round, which would have been the actual mm. actual final result. But yeah, I, I I wasn't convinced that Ram would be as close as he was. Um, and uh, you know, he put that magical round together in the third round, didn't he? To get himself the second or third mm-hmm. round, forget that, to get himself into the mix, and uh, but couldn't quite keep uh, keep up with Tony, who's an absolute killer now. What's that five? <laughs> five? <laughs> he is, yeah. He's, he just knows how to get. It's funny with Ram. He is. It's funny. It's funny with Fee now. You know, Fee now's last three wins have been at fourteen to one, fourteen to one, and eight to one in awful fields. Mm. He just takes out these 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 events, doesn't he? There's, I've actually missed one. There was twenty two to one where he won the Houston Open at the end of last year. Mm. That was a tougher. That was a tougher assignment. Slightly tougher field. But yeah, put him in a put him in a field that's easy, and he needs the win because he was one of the big names that was outside the president's uh, sorry the Ryder Cup standings. He's now jumped to twelfth mm. with that win. How easy it is, isn't he? And also, Why? we did we did we did say no uh, green jacket winner had won 
in April or May after winning the Masters since 2010. Yeah. So Finau was the obvious one, but eight to one. This is the thing, boys. Listen to this. Ram seven to one favourite. Ram fifteen to two favourite. Homer twenty eight to one. Rose twenty five to one. Scheffler fourteen to one. Ram fifteen to two favourite. We're then into Florida. Kirk twenty five to one. Kitayama the one and only two hundred to one. Then we go Scheffler eleven to one. Taylor Moore was seventy to one. So fair enough. Bit of value there. First time winner. Then we've had Wallace twenty five to one. Connors twenty to one. Ram nine to one. Fitzpatrick twenty eight to one. Finau eight to one. I mean, golf betting actually on the PJ Tour now is bloody easy. You've got to kind of just disseminate your brain, stop looking for value, and back players under twenty-eight to one. Simple as that. That can win. Yeah. If Tony Fino's name was anything else other than Tony Fino without his history, would we be giving him as much shit for winning four out of his last eighteen events? He's a different base now. You never. He was never going to lose that. As soon as as soon as he started putting a decent score together on Friday, bearing in mind, you know, he managed to get through the windy Thursday evening and get himself within two of the lead, mm. and then he's got the easy Friday morning with no wind, and he's just starting to okay, well, and just starts accumulating a fantastic score, and you just think, well, there's no one in this field that's going to get near him really, and he just kept him at arm's length pretty much the whole way, didn't he? Yeah, it was yeah, it was just just that little bit too far away. It's, but that's the difference now. So he, he knows how to navigate through four rounds of a tournament and win with uh, you know with relatively little stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six PJ two victories now. Yeah, yeah. a man to be fast. taken seriously. Can he can he make the jump to a major? That's the that's the next question. Mm. Um, DP World Tour Paul. I was absolutely smitten going into Sunday because I had Robert McIntyre. And I thought, yeah, he's playing, I think he was like number one or two tee to green. I watched a lot of it on Saturday and it was howling over in South Korea. Yeah. Absolutely howling. And he was just playing. I think he was the only player on the course that hadn't made a bogey. And I fully anticipated McIntyre just to uh, convert that into a victory. And then... Woke up Sunday morning and, all, you know, he's down in seventh. Yep. Nothing happened on Sunday. It, I don't know. There's, 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 there's been a few instances now where he's put himself into strong positions. Bear in mind, you're, you're getting no premium on his price. He's always, yeah. in that kind of field, he's always favourite, second favourite, third favourite, 16, 18, 20 to 1, that kind of price. So you do need him to be converting some of these opportunities, but... Um, they tend to slip away, and yeah, you know when it boiled down, when they finished off their third round, he went into the final eighteen with uh, with one shot lead. But yeah, absolutely nothing happened on the uh, the final day. Just trod water as, uh, and, and there was plenty of scoring opportunities out there. You know, the guys were making seven eight under for the for the day. Um, Pablo Rathabel, I think he picked up what was his eighth DP World Tour title. Now I think they they said on commentary. Um, you know, what, did, what did I say to you in the middle of last week about Pablo Larazabal? Mm. Uh, you never can quite tell with him. The thing is, you give him a little bit of width off the tee, and he can, when when it all clicks, be yeah, be very very good. Um, he rode his luck a bit at the end, but 
you could say that about many a winner, and particularly on the DP World Tour, you know, it tends to be like a hot potato at the end of a, a tournament. So, if you can, <laughs> if you can never get one over the line um, stress free, it's uh, yeah. it's highly unusual on the DP. But yeah, it's uh, Bob. Uh, it, it, disappointing, you know, disappointing for you because you know my my players had pretty much bombed out by that point. Um, so yeah, I was rooting for Bob to to get his win for you, but um, yeah, nothing doing. My words to you about Pablo were: How the hell is Pablo still in contention for a PGA Championship spot? Well, he's in there. And then lo and behold, they go to career, and all of a sudden, Pablo Larazbao is hanging around at the top of the leaderboard yeah. and plays himself into the PGA Championship. Yeah. Fair play. I believe the cutoffs this week top one hundred. Yeah, it's always unofficial, isn't it? But I, and you do get some sneaking in from one hundred five, one ten. It's they've it's they don't tell you why they're selecting them; they just appear on the yeah. start list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of an unsaid rule, isn't it? They'll just they'll just continue yeah. filling up the field until they get to the one fifty six from the from the world rankings, yeah. which is not so good for some of the live boys who've dripped, drifted down and further out of that by now. But um, but yeah. Um, I, I we don't tend to talk live, but one thing I keep noticing, and I just keep looking at his statistics, and I look at I keep looking at the old stats that you can only get for live, the fairways hit, the total driving, the greens in regulation, and the ball striking, and I just keep staring at Brooks Kepka. Hmm. He is playing some bloody good stuff, and in a couple of weeks we're going to be at a nice soft Oak Hill. Up in New York State, mm. it's going to be very hard to resist Brooks Kepka, I think, for the PGA Championship. Mm. Right, any other business from last week, or shall I move on to the Wells Fargo? No, let's crack on. Wells Fargo Championship, a designated event, I must say. Quite a few of the bigger names have taken this as their week off, and it kind of makes sense. They've had a very, very busy period. The PGA is two weeks away. Someone like a Scotty Scheffler will take this off and he will play the Byron Nelson down in his home Texas state next week. So <clears throat> there's some moving and some shifting. John Rahm clearly decided to play Mexico rather than this, which is all fair and good. They're using their uh, one designated event off. Um, it's still a decent field. It's I think I read 39 of the top 50 in the world, something like that. It's still... Very, very strong. We are visiting, and we don't tend to visit here every year, whatever, for course renovations, PGA Championships, President's Cups, but it's always a, it's always a pleasure to see this course. Quail Hollow. It's Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, a George Cobb original with a 2013 and 16 Tom Fazio redesign. Uh, classical golf course, tree-lined, old style, but also with those Carolina overtones, trees, uh, tree-lined fairways, lots of dog legs, but this really is a Carolina golf course on steroids. They have lengthened the golf course again this time, chaps. It's always one of the longest. This one's even longer this year. 7,538 yards, and no, it's not a par 72, it's a par 71. Holes with water hazard, seven. Fairways are 419 Bermuda grass. The rough is 419 Bermuda grass overseeded with perennial rye. 
Only two inches in length. At 7,538 yards, they're thinking we'll only give them two inches of rough. Uh, the greens are quite large, 6,578 yards on square feet on average. G12 champion Bermuda grass, overseeded with poet trivialis. Uh, PGA Tour stop-offs with similar grass on the greens. This is why people listen to this podcast. It's this in-depth info. Right, let's think. Congaree. Uh, 2021 Palmetto, which was won by Garrick Higo, and also the 2022 CJ Cup, which was won last year by Rory McIlroy. Also, the Country Club of Jackson, where they played the Sanderson Farms Championship. Sedgefield Country Club, where they played a Wyndham. TPC Southwind, where there's been loads of WGCs recently, FedEx St. Jude Championship, and of course, you can go back to St. Jude Classic. There's a few others dotted about as well. Trinity Forest, where they played the 2018 and 19 Byron Nelson. You've also got the 2011 PGA Championship. Now, that one at Atlanta Athletic Club was won by the one and only, I believe, uh, Keegan Bradley. Bradley. Hmm. Your old uh, mate who uh, uh, manages to avoid getting on your uh, post-it note every week. Well, you talk about the post-it note of doom. Wasn't it interesting to see Emiliano Grillo backdoor a top five when he was absolutely nowhere in contention? That's Emiliano Grillo. And wasn't it also interesting to see Patrick Rogers do absolutely jack, just make the cut, and all of a sudden, top ten finish? That's why they're on the post-it note of doom. (laughs) Pressure's off. Great from a DraftKings perspective, or absolutely terrible from a betting perspective. I was actually toying with adding a name last week, but I've decided not to. And it wasn't Keegan Bradley. There you go. I'll leave you in suspenders on that one. He's actually in my tips this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, you're on the edge, and I'm going I'm to back you one more time. This is, your, yeah, is, this, is this his last chance? Oh, thing, Barry, it's so frustrating. <laughs> you know, sec- ranking second and third for tee to green, you know, driving the ball beautifully, hitting it to eight feet, and then just missing every single putt. It just drives you garrity. You think, why do I put myself through this? But then I remembered, I remembered one simple thing. Paul said to me a couple of weeks ago, don't ever tip him up on a, on a tournament where you've got to get lots of birdies because he can't handle that. So then I rewound to this week where you don't need loads of birdies. It's a proper major championship test. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'll put him in. One final chance. Well, sometimes it's not. It, it, this isn't the players making the mistakes. It's, it's people like us for selecting them in the first place. Mm. Drew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you're selecting a player for a task that you kind of know he can't do anyway, so it's your fault. So why do you sit there and bemoan the fact that he's not doing very well? Yeah, square pegs, round holes. Yeah, you got it. I love Quail Hollow. Beautiful golf course. Absolutely bedecked in Bermuda. The greens here tend to be nice and fiery. Uh, they had a couple of years ago over 90 millimetres of rain leading up to the event the week before and in the build-up. And then you, you tune in on a Thursday morning and the greens were still lovely and crispy, still releasing. It's got that kind of, a little bit of that Augusta feel to it. <clears throat> it's all sub-air. They've got total control of the golf course. So it, it ranked fifth most difficult golf course last time it was on tour in 2021 of 51 courses. So it's a proper stern test this week. From a PGA Tour perspective, listeners, 
as past 71s go, only Beth Page Black and the Blue Course at Congressional have played anywhere near this length in modern times. So it's a proper, long, difficult, stretching golf course. Very, very tight um, in terms of, well, not tight as such. The, the, the fairways are actually um, 30 yards wide. So if you compare that to Harbour Town two weeks ago, they were 22 yards wide at 300 yards carry. Mm. Here, 31 yards wide. But fairly tight, fairly tight kind of visual lines off a lot of the tees, very tight tree-lined escapes from tee boxes, and then they, they widen out. So it's, it's certainly got that Augusta feel to it. Right, let's talk about bookmakers before we go into a little bit more detail on the course and the event. In terms of best bookmaker for the Wells Fargo, we're again highlighting Bet365, who, as ever, have their each-way extra market available, which gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the Wells Fargo to win outright market. Now, Barry uses them 12 places each way, a ninth the odds. I've used their eight places each way at a fifth the odds market specifically on all five of my selections. Right now, as we record this pod, they are eight places each way on Jordan Spieth at 22 to 1. These are all market best odds. Justin Thomas at 22 to 1. Sung Jae Im, 25 to 1. Shane Lowry, if you fancy Shane Lowry on a golf course that really does benefit fantastic ball striking and total driving, Shane Lowry a 55 to 1 chance with Bet365. Or how about course specialist? Now I came quite close on this guy. Joel Damon, Mr. Popularity himself. He's 150 to 1 with Bet365 this week, eight places each way. 100 to 1 with Paddy Power. They're also eight places each way. We recommend Bet365 if you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account. You can find details of their current Bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code. Barry, what is the bonus code? No pressure. Oh my God. Listen, uh, <laughs> bet, bet 30 or the post-it note. It should be post-it note, but... <laughs> It is. Uh, we yeah, we uh, we should get it changed to post note. But Paul, what is the po- what is the promo code? Barry, Bonus homework code. homework required for you, Barry. Sport thirty. It's sport S P O R T three zero. You need to work on that for next week, Barry. I'm coming to you. <laughs> Don't forget to use the bonus code Sport thirty when registering. That was almost seamless. Almost seamless. What I've an got to read. say, I mean. What can you do? I, I'm sitting here yesterday pulling all the tips together and I was getting best price and eight places each way on all of my selections. So it's a, it's a no-brainer uh, a lot of the times. I don't know. We're in this new world of golf betting, so I've kept it pretty simple. I've targeted three at 22 to one or shorter. I couldn't find anyone slightly bigger than that that I really liked because for me, what we're looking for here is the last four winners here have all ranked in the top 50 for driving distance on the PGA Tour arriving here. 
They've also all ranked in the top 40 for distance to apex. You know, this is so, so similar to Augusta. It's frightening, really. So powerful off the tee. Huge, you know, if you've got some fantastic height on your approaches as well and can just drop the ball, this is the kind of golf course for you. You, you can see, you know, you've got names like JB Holmes who have won this in the past. It all kind of makes logical sense. Now, the only issue with that is I think I worked it out that that included about 32 players, if you take those. Because the modern elite player can all hit it a long way and they can all hit it very high. Um, it did take a few out, though, at the top of the, lead, at the, top of the mar- betting market. Um, it would take out someone like a Colin Morikawa. So I could see Colin potentially... Um, contending this week it also took off it took out Jordan Spieth as well mm. it also took out Justin Thomas Matt Fitzpatrick so and Sung Im. so there's quite a few names there that it's taking away that are in that kind of very backable price point tell you what else I noticed here and this is this is pretty scary you know I look at the strokes game metrics of winners here of and you know work it through what we're looking for these numbers were pretty mad to me. We've had, uh, if you look at just the Wells Fargo winners, I'm not including the PGA Championship held here by one here by JT. Uh, strokes gained positions within the field of the winners: 18th for off the tee, 24th for approach, 28th for around the green. So that's low. 10th tee to green, and then strokes gained putting were two. So we've had three winners, two of them ranked uh, second in the field for strokes game putting, and the other one was number one. Now that's incredibly, incredibly rare. And I know it's from a three-tournament sample size, but even so. The only other tournaments I can find on all of my records where putting is so predominant would be something like the Sony Open. Second week of January. Yeah. So we need a long, high hitter of the golf ball that has an absolute week from the stars with the putter. So it almost feels a little bit like Mission Impossible because clearly finding players that are putting particularly well and actually just on a consistent basis is like the nirvana of golf betting. It just doesn't tend to happen. Also, I've noticed here, Winners here tend to have a negative official world golf ranking position. So what do I mean by that? Well, Max Home was 38th in the world winning this last year, and he didn't win it at Quail Hollow. He won it at TPC Potomac. Got it right this time. Um, But it was in exactly the same slot as this week, two weeks before the PGA Championship. He'd actually lost three spots in the official world golf rankings, and there were loads and loads of winners here that were all within the top 40 in the world, but all had had a negative split on their world rankings. You're talking from the start of the year? From the start of that calendar year. Yeah, okay. Which suggests to me, and it's a very similar pattern that to what we saw with Fitzpatrick a couple of weeks ago at the RBC Heritage. Someone that started the year slowly is now finding form heading into the, the real major season. 
and could just do with a victory just to boost the confidence, boost the bank balance, boost the FedEx Cup standing, and yeah. Yeah. It's someone that's what puts me off someone like Patrick Cantley this week, who's on an absolute white hot form. You can back him at twelve to one. Yeah, he's absolutely dog obvious to win it. Fourteen to one's available out there this morning. But those kind of guys don't seem to win this event. It's someone that's got murkier form heading in, not quite as obvious. Um, Rory McIlroy did win it one year at 5-1 to one when he just finished eighth at the players and won the world match play. I get that. But he is the odd man out by a long way. So someone just with someone that's got a bit of a need, someone that's got a real want that actually, they're not really thinking about Oak Hill in two weeks. Wouldn't it be great to win this week? A, a big tournament on the PGA Tour and I could really do with a win this week kind of mentality. Do you think it changes a little bit um, all those dynamics that existed from the past tournaments versus this year where it's designated and the field strength is much higher than it would have been? Potentially. But then this field's always been decent. True. If you look at, if you look at the, the, the actual um, roadmap from Masters to PGA Championship, this is the best golf course of any of them. And... Mo- you know, best golf courses always attract best fields. So this has always been a decent event. Timing wise, this- it's probably a, it falls on a good date as well. Just like it splits up, yeah. If you you know you you ne- you've got a whole full week next week to work on the part of the game that wasn't quite firing right. I've gone for three at the top or near the top. Um, I've I, I've been going about this for weeks. Um. You wouldn't pick him on. You wouldn't pick him on any kind of strokes game metrics, apart from the fact across my eight-week uh, tracker, he is the best driver in this field. That's enough for me, really, on a, on a golf course that is very, very strong on off the tee play. I've just I've added Rory McIlroy eight to one. I, I don't have many win-only bets, but in the current climate, when we've got Tony Finau winning at eight to one. Uh, we've we've got a whole litany of Ram wins and Scheffler w- wins in single digits. If there's one golf course where Rory seems to just take away all of his worries and just find form and take it apart, it's this place. Three wins here. Two of them came after missed cuts at the Masters. So it's not as if it isn't a road he's trod before. And actually, his form isn't that bad. Everyone was raving about him winning the Masters when he finished third at the Dell Technologies match play last month. So it's not as if he's absolutely disastrously out of form. So I just took them. I didn't know what the price would be. I actually wrote the tip last Friday. I thought Cantley might challenge him for favouritism, but purely on the basis that McElroy's form here, three wins, blah, 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 blah. He's the favourite. So I, I've covered McElroy off. I, I got eight to one on Rory. I see this morning he's been backed in off of that mark. So Rory McElroy, I've gone four points win only, eight to one. It doesn't really need much more explanation. The other two I really like this week. Really, really like. We've spoken about this particular individual. He's got three PGA Tour wins, none of them in the United States. 
You can throw in another two DP World Tour titles, one of them being the very um, strong Dubai event where he beat Rory McIlroy a few years ago. Um, he's won two of those um, hit and giggles as well that they play down in uh, the Bahamas, the Hero World Challenges. So it's not as if this individual can't win. The only thing is he's never won in the United States and that can't last for much longer. If there was a perfect track for Victor Hovland, I think this is probably it. Straight, long, high ball flight. And you just look at his resume. Parkland Classical Golf Course. He's second at Torrey Pines, second at Bay Hill, third at Muirfield Village, third at Copperhead, fourth and fifth at Riviera Country Club. It doesn't get much better than that, really. I think this golf course is made for him. He's only played it once. He finished third. He shot 68-67 over the weekend, which made him the best 36-hole scorer over that weekend. So loves, he clearly gets on well with the course. I just think that Hovland this week, if there's, you know, there's, if you want players that have got something about them, someone that you know literally does want to get a victory, I, I think Hovland getting that United's first United States victory would be a good motivator. And he's playing some great golf, isn't he? I mean, seventh at the Masters. Now, we know at the Masters that short game is really, really important. Around the green game and gaining strokes around the green is very, very important. Here, scrambling's important, but also putting. And he does have some very spiky weeks with the putter, Victor. Now, his putting last time out at RBC Heritage was terrible, but that doesn't mean he doesn't spike and become a decent putter again this week because some of his putting numbers this week and even at the end of last year, were decent enough. So I'm on Hovland at 20 to 1 with Bet365, and there are eight places each way market. I've also gone for Cam Young. I've been I've been hunting Cam Young down for his first win for a long, long time. Again, he actually played here in the President's Cup, and I read some quotes from Colin Morikawa. They were very, very interesting. He said he played with he played with um, Cam on the Friday and he said this is unbelievable we've got a guy here that's hitting it 350 yards into the middle of the fairway and i'm going in with nine irons into a lot of these holes where normally i'm going in with six and five irons he said playing with this guy is an absolute joy around this golf course and it does make a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, he's just so powerful, yeah. relatively straight off the tee, great total driver. Um, yeah, I just I can see him going very, very well. He's in decent nick. Uh, made the final of the match play. He got a top seven for us at Augusta. And I keep saying this, he's got his new caddy, Paul Tesori. And if you can... If you're following Webb Simpson around here, bearing in mind that Webb lives next to the seventh tee box and has got a record here that reads 21st, 4th, 2nd, 21st, 18th. Now, Webb Simpson just hasn't got the minerals to win around here, just hasn't got the power. But Tazori must know this course like the back of his hand. So I think you, you link that into a, a player that's got the perfect game shape like Cam Young, and I think... This could be the place where he gets his uh, maiden PGA Tour victory this week. So Young, 22 to 1, Hovland, 20 to 1, McElroy, 8 to 1. Those are my three at the top end of the market. Right, over to you two. Where are you at this week? Um I've well, I've only backed two this week. The, the, the guy 
Well, one of them shared with you, which um, I'm, I'll, I'll let you tackle um, in a few minutes because uh, we can make a nice case for him much further down the list. The one near the top, and it's not particularly near the top. I've just counted down. He's actually 14th in the betting, but I'm really keen <laughs> on him this week. Um, for me, this equivalent of three points each way. So it's a, a fairly fairly chunky punt. Uh, Sam Burns, I've gone with, 33 to mm. 1. Uh, eight places with uh, William Hill. I've just seen Bet365 have pushed him out to 33s as well. So not that I've checked, but you may may get a similar price with their each way extra as well. But yeah, 33 to 1, Sam Burns. Now, the bit that is a little bit off-putting if you look at the raw numbers with Burns is that his course form reads 55th miscut or 55th withdrawn rather. If you dig into that, he was 7th to halfway on debut uh, and you know, it faded a bit then it's, compared to where he was then and where he is now completely different beast I mean this is a guy that's won five times since May 2021 he won last May as well perhaps some buyer rhythms uh, to, to tap into there if you look at the Carolina stats on the predictor this week he tops the Carolina stats so in terms of Crazy, fit yeah. To, yeah, in terms of fit to this this course <laughs> should be strong Plenty. Two wins at Copperhead will do that for you. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, four wins on Bermuda grass greens as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's lots to like in that respect. Plenty long enough. And now, when you were talking about the driving distance and the distance to apex, I just had a quick flick through to see where he was. Twenty third for the season to date on driving distance, seventeenth for distance to apex. So both of those are within your parameters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Strokes game putting again. You know, you talked about the winners having um, strong, you know, first, second, third strokes game putting performances on the week. Sam Burns is that kind of guy that you know can turn around and perform at that kind of level. He can have a field leading second, third, that kind of number for strokes game putting on any given week. Um, and yeah, again, quite possible on these Bermuda grass screens that he does exactly that. Won the match play recently. Uh, 15th of the Heritage. Closed with a 65 that week. 11th last time that he played at the Zurich. Now, that was alongside Billy Horschel. And if you dig into some of Billy Horschel's performances in the very recent past, there's been some some real outlying poor performances. Now, I didn't see much of the match play. I'm not Sorry, I didn't see much of the Zurich, rather. So I can't comment on, on whether Sam Burns carried Billy Horschel through that. but uh, I think he did. Um, yeah. Yes, I, read, read I saw some Twitter traffic to tell us that right. Burns was carrying him. Yeah, in which case, eleventh when you've got effectively a one-man team is um, is pretty <clears> strong. <throat> so yeah, I'm really, really keen on Sam Burns this week, thirty-three to one. Um, and for me, that's the only bet outside the, the wild outsider, which we'll tap into in a few minutes. I'm sure I'm not urinating on Barry's strawberries here, but who would you back? Would you back Sam Burns at 33 to 1, a perennial winner of modern times on the PGA Tour? Or would you back Ricky Fowler at 35 to 1? <laughs> you can't ask that question based on who you're about to announce as your other bet this week, Steve. You ha- you have you've been infected with the virus. I have the Ricky Fowler virus. You have the you know, upcoming one that you're about to announce, which I previously did. Um, it's but who I mean, would you who would you who would you back there? Would you take Fowler at thirty five to one or perennial winner Sam Burns at thirty three to one? How many wins does Sam Burns have on tour? 
Is it five? It's got five since May 2021, so five in the last two years. <laughs> yeah. Okay, has okay. Ricky, has I've, Ricky got five full Rick, stop? Ricky has five. Okay. It's been a while, though. I mean, he's been playing excellent golf, and <clears throat> it could be I suppose what to- the listeners really want to know, Barry, is, is when Ricky Fowler's going to win, and at what price does he do it? Does, it, does he take out <laughs> one of these events at 20 to 1 with a terrible field? Or does he win a designated field event at thirty-five to one? I see. I wonder if the the little bit of the slightly tougher test and tougher field might engage him that I don't not engage him that bit more, but just focus that extra half a percent on a given week. Um, those birdie tests, you know, those birdie fest tournaments that can just like last week. I'm not sure if that's. Um, his kind of vibe of tournament to win. I, I, it's a hard one this week. I'm kind of torn. I'm, you know, part of me was, I liked the uh, Victor Hovland shout. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick appeals. Who else was, I was thinking about maybe, Hatton kind of popped in my head, but he's he's had seems to have had a bit of a, iffy stretch but maybe that's kind of fits into the category you were talking about Steve the, yeah yeah for sure oh no know, I the, agree with that would, a lot would, of people would are like hot to have Sahid, a win a lot of people are hot this week on Sahid Tagala because we've had so many breakout winners here and I get the narrative but the trouble with Sahith is he's almost playing too well if you look at the narrative of people that win this hmm. I mean he's coming here off two top eight finishes one at the Masters or top ten finish at the Masters and a decent finish because we were on him last week at RBC Heritage a couple of weeks ago. So he's almost playing too well. I know it sounds ridiculous to fit that narrative. Someone like a Hatton that is kind of playing okay but hasn't hit the heights yet is more of the kind of like a winner that we see here. Maybe. Jason Day, he's another one who could have that I could do with a win because he has been playing very well the last few months so but hasn't had that you know validation of it in terms of a a, you know, a, a, tro- a trophy in his cabinet and a course winner yeah who are you actually plumping for that's that's what the listening masses want to know Barry you've mentioned no, they, a lot of names no they don't I, I'm I'm kind of sitting straddling the fence at the moment I don't know I have to figure out something I, I kind of was Fitzpatrick, Day, Fowler, Hatton. I have to figure out something between those four because I can't have all four of them. Um, I might just go down to one or two. I'm just trying to find somebody a little bit outside. Um, and I'm not, got towards Keith Mitchell. Hits the ball phenomenally well off the tee. Number uh, one for total driving yeah. on the whole PGA Tour, Baron. Yeah, and... Generally positive strokes gained putting, so it's it's try, you know, hope for, hope for a hot week with the putter. Mm. Yeah, Mitchell. I, I know people will think this is set up. Two names I had a really close look at on my post-it note of research: Sam Burns, Keith Mitchell. Perfect for this golf course, both of them. Mm. So I get that. I just thought Mitchell's price. I think the bookmakers knew it. They were a bit. They were a bit, a bit skanky on his price, weren't they? I mean, he's he's shorter this week than say a Tommy Fleetwood. 
But then he's, I think he's more suited yeah. to the course than Tommy Fleetwood, so it does make a lot of sense. My post-it note of doom mongerer that was close to being added was Gary Woodland. So I'm on him again. I just think that this scoring level this week, what, 12, 14 under par for the winner? I reckon if you're in double digits, you're definitely getting a full each way payout. Yeah. That's Gary Woodland territory. You did warn me, Paul. I completely ignored you at 33 to 1 last week. And as I was watching it, and Gary's like hitting it to 14 feet, missing the putt, <laughs> hitting it to 12 and a half feet, missing the putt, three putting from 60 feet, I thought to myself, he's so close to the post-it note of doom here, it's, it's, it's frightening. And then I just had a deep, meaningful think about it, and I thought, no, nah, you've picked the wrong player for the wrong test, Steve. It's your fault, not Gary's. Pick him at a golf course that's long, hard, testing, all about ball striking, not so much about putting to get a place. I'm talking about getting a place. I'm not seeing Gary Woodland getting anywhere near topping strokes going putting metric this week. But three of his last four visits here, he has been positive with the putter here. Now, if you can tie that in with a guy that's been hitting the ball as well as he has recently, 90 to 1 I got on him was unbelievable. 90 to 1. Couldn't believe it. Had to put him in. Yeah, that's a big drift on the price from last week. Yeah, I, 90 to 1. I mean, that's the kind of guy you stick in there and you just hope. Top A, at least it kind of covers the week and we move on. It's That's your insurance policy, 90, 100 to 1 punt. Woodland was perfect for that. Mm. So, yeah, I put him in, 90 to 1. I think he's the sort. The, the sort that can win a US Open, the sort that can top 10 at PGA Championships, that's the kind of player I want at 90 to 1 in that kind of insurance, middle of the middle of the tips range. So I put Woodland in. His numbers are mad, absolutely mad. Top ten for total driving and ball striking in his last six made cuts. There was another one last week, but yeah, he was 142nd for strokes game putting. He was third for tee to green. Only Tony Finau and Jaeger beat him for tee to green last week. Perfect for this week in my mind. So ninety to one on Gary Woodland. Now, are we all on the same player at three hundred to one? I mean, yes, but only. I mean, it wasn't my idea. I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of grabbing onto your coattails and just, yeah. But, but people have heard from me far too much, Paul. Talk, take the listeners through our combined three hundred to one bet this one. Well, I don't know about you. I got them at four hundred to one yesterday. What? Who's that three, with? <laughs> she did three places, Paul, was it? Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, it's a straight win. No, no, it was 400 to one. That was with six places. Um, Unibet, I took that with early, early doors yesterday. Cameron Champ. Now, there's a rule with Cameron Champ that we've talked about a number of times on this podcast. And when you see that spark of form, a top 10 finish, just back him. Just back him the next week. Because he does do it, and Steve, you've listed in your preview his performances or his wins after, um, after top ten finishes or thereabouts in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just does it. I mean, if you look back at his recent form, six consecutive missed cuts. Last week, Mexico Open, eighth place finish. His long game stats from last week, 
um, improved dramatically. And I mean dramatically. He, he, he was negative on virtually every metric for those six weeks where he was uh, he was missing the weekends. Last Shall I read them out for you? Go on. First for total driving, first for total accuracy, which is basically greens in reg, fairways hit, the whole lot. Bear in mind, this guy bangs it 340 off the tee. Mm. Fourth for greens in reg, first for ball striking. He was fourth for off the tee, 11th for approach, 8th for tee to green across the week in Mexico. Mm. That's crazy. Yep. But as you're stating, this guy cannot hold form for more than two events in a row. Yep. So you just have to pile in the next one, don't you? Yeah, you do, yeah. I, and, and that... You know, if he if he goes and places this week, or you know, potentially wins this week at a mad, but it was actually William Hill I placed it with early, um, four hundred to one from memory. Um, it was, um, yeah, he's that kind of guy, isn't he? But then, um, you know, was he go eighth, fourth this week potentially, um, and then just dr- drifts right off and misses a stack of cuts again after that, and that, that's kind, <laughs> yeah, exactly. kind of his mo, exactly. isn't it? That's exactly how he plays. Yeah. Sixth for driving distance this season. Seventh and fifth last year for distance to apex. Don't forget, this guy was 10th at the Masters last year. Mm. So it's not as if, and he's also had a top 10 at the PGA Championship. It's not as if he can't mix it on classical tree-line golf courses that are very, very difficult. Yep. Yep. But what did he do immediately after that 10th at the Masters? Next start, sixth at the Mexico Open. Yep. So he got his each-way payout. Prior to that, yep. if you look back, John Deere Classic, he was 11th there. Next next start, 3M Open, won there. Well, It's exactly how he operates. Yeah. When you see that I take spark, it you I take it, Barry, you've gone uh, 12 places and 9th the odds. Yeah, they wouldn't open a 20 places market for me. I ha- Yeah, I've gone for, I've gone for the <laughs> maximum number. Did you... Did you email the trader? Yeah. <laughs> Please. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Paul's on him six places each way. I'm on him eight places each way. I guarantee you it's a T9 finish. Yeah. Barry gets his payout. I won't uh, gloat too much if that happens. I'll <laughs> thank you for the tip and, um, yeah, cheers for the money. Let's see. It's a, it's a great shout. He's been cut quite significantly in the market since uh, your tip came out. Mm. Let's hope he goes well. Right, shall we move on? We've got a cracking, cracking event on the DP World Tour and they're playing it at the actual golf course where the Ryder Cup's going to be played uh, towards the end of the year. So um, over to you, Paul, the Italian Open. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was nice to uh, to head back to Italy. Nice to head back to the mainland, isn't it, after... A few months of uh, flitting around the uh, the globe on the DP World Tour. Actually, one of the oldest events on the tour. This one dates back to 1925. I wrote in my preview yesterday, and uh, joined the European circuit back at the start of 1972. If you like your history, anyway, in the past or re- relatively recent past, this has been a Rolex Series event. Uh, not now. It's just a regular tournament nowadays. Uh, and I guess in terms of the fields, you're not going to get a massive quality of field, even if it, even you know, even though it is at the uh, the Ryder Cup venue for this year. Uh, especially when we're up against the elevated event over in the US, that's going to take a number of the you know potential European <laughs> Ryder Cup players out of the mix. So um, it's left us with what is pretty much a regular 
DP World Tour market, actually a lot, you know, deja vu in terms of the betting market for the most part. A couple of additions, though, over what we've seen recently. Nikolai Hoygaard has been uh, backed into the favourite uh, for, for this event over the last 24 hours or so. He certainly wasn't the favourite at the start. 18-1 to 1 now for Nikolai. Bob Where did Mac- he open up, Paul? Just a bit further down, 22 Is to 1. Is he 22s? Yeah, that kind of number. So there's been some, there's been some money for him. And you can see that because he's a previous winner here. He's been playing over on the PGA Tour. And I guess you've always got to consider these guys that come back from a high level and play on the DP World Tour. And uh, you've got to give them enough room, I guess. You've got to give them you know, enough support to, to suggest that they're, uh, you know, they're going to be better potentially than some of the other players. We'll see. Um, Nikolai, yeah, eighteen to one. Bob McIntyre, twenty to one. Rasmus, who was the favourite when it all opened up, twenty to one. Also, Adrian Moronk, twenty to one. Victor Perez, another one who's come in for this particular event, twenty-two to one. Jordan Smith, twenty-fives. Then you're out to the likes of Tiorbjorn Olsen, Antoine Rosner, thirty-three to one, uh, thirty-five to one. Bar those top eight or so players. Now, in terms of bookies, yeah, Boyle Sports, again, eight places each way, 50 odds as their standard market. And as we've been saying, Bet365 do have their each way extra proposition running for this event also. So you can select your eight or 10 or 12 place markets, um, whatever your heart desires for, for, for this week in terms of your betting strategy. The course, Marco Simone Golf and Country Club, as we've been saying, the venue for the Ryder Cup uh, later in the autumn this year. It's not your typical Italian tree-lined course, so it's much more exposed. There's water in play in a lot of holes, long fescue rough. Uh, it makes it a different look and feel to, to many of the traditional Italian-style courses. 7,255-yard par 71. It did host this back in 1994, but it's been significantly renovated since just to get it up to uh, standard for this year's Ryder Cup. So if you're looking at stats this week, uh, the, the course or the, the event does hop about from uh, from course to course. The last two years are the really relevant ones because they were both played on this new renovated style course here in Rome. And prior to that, it hopped about on different venues. So, so yeah, if you're using the combined stats or the event stats this week, just look more specifically at 2021 and 2022. In terms of the greens, tricky, uh, quite contoured the greens. They were relayed with bent grass, creeping bent grass, part of the renovation a few years ago. So um, bear that in mind. In terms of the weather, it's due to rain today, Tuesday, and potentially Wednesday as well, tomorrow. And then it's dry and calm for the four tournament days. Temperatures around the low 20s centigrade, that's the low 70s Fahrenheit. So it should present pretty good scoring conditions. It's not generally the easiest of courses, um, but uh, if it's going to be relatively soft coming into it with uh, with rain before the event and then pretty much no wind that I could see in the forecast, it should present some good scoring opportunities, uh, particularly at this time of year. We shall see. Uh, just a bit of history then, going back, just to give you a flavour of some of the prices. Of course, a lot of these were in different courses. 2010 was Frederick Anderson Head. He won at 66 to 1. Robert Rock, the year after, 66 to 1. Again, a couple of decent mid-price winners there. 
Gonzalo Fernandez Castaño won in 2012 at 40 to 1. Julian Cairn won in 2013. We were on Julian Cairn that week. 80 to 1 he won in 2013. Henny Otto, 80 to 1. We certainly weren't on Henny Otto the following year. 2015, Richard Kohlberg, 70 to 1. Look, you know, a lot of consistency about the prices that are winning this. Francesco Molinari won in 2016 at 25 to 1. That was his second Italian Open win. Tyrrell Hatton, 18 to 1. Theobjorn Olsen, 80 to 1 in 2018. Bernd Wiesberger, 35 to 1. Ross McGowan, 2020, 750 to 1 if you managed to pluck out Ross McGowan uh, that week. Um, if you did, I'd need to find your uh, secret. <laughs> Send it on a postcard, please. Nikolai Hogard won in 2021. Um, he wasn't quoted. He was a very late entry into the field. 2022, Robert McIntyre won here at 50 to 1. So some really good, strong mid-prices. And, you know, you talked about a lot of the prices, a lot of the winners winning at kind of 28 to 1, sub-28 to 1 on the PGA Tour. This particular event looks one where you can attack it from kind of that mid-price upwards and uh, get some get some success with it. We shall see. Now, in terms of the stats, again, it's only really the last two years that are any relevance. Nikolai Hoygaard won at 13 to 1. Bob McIntyre won at 14 to 1. In terms of their style of play, I mean, they're pretty contrasting, really. There was 20 yards between the two players from off the tee. Uh, Nikolai, obviously, one of the longer players on tour. Bob McIntyre, pretty middling, really. So, um, you know, there's a narrative around uh, longer hitting here, but I, I'm I think there's different ways to to skin this particular cat. Sixth for greens and regulation, first for scrambling was the way that Nikolai got round. Uh, McIntyre was more about the putting. Second for putting average, second for putts per greens and regulation when he won here 12 months ago. Well, it wasn't even 12 months ago. It was October last year. Uh, in terms of the strokes gain data, there's a little bit more symmetry. Uh, Huygard was first for strokes gain T to green. McIntyre was sixth for strokes gain T to green. In fact, if you look at the top seven finishers from last year, all of them finished inside the top 12 for strokes gain T to green. So if you were to pick just one key stat this week, if you were to look at just one statistic and work down that list and see how, who the players were that had performed well or may perform well, strokes gain T to green would be the one that I would point you towards most predominantly. In terms of incoming form, you've got to take Ross McGowan out of the equation because you really weren't picking him. Uh, if you go back to 2010, back to that Seth Frederick Anderson head victory, each of the winners had a top 13 or better finish in one of their last six starts. So, so some semblance of form, some some signs of life with the, uh, the game would be a good starting point. And event form has historically been a good pointer for this too, uh, even though that we're hopping from course to course historically. Lots of repeat winners here. Uh, Francesco Molinari, I mentioned, has won it a couple of times. Ian Poult has won it a couple of times. Uh, Bernard Langer won it a couple of times. A few others as well. If you go back to 2010, again, nine of the winners... Um, since 2010, had a top six or better in this event at one of the locations in the past. So some course form or some event forms good and some current form. You know, it's not, not rocket science with those two, but in, in terms of traditional golf punting to look at those two aspects and put it together, that's not a bad starting point. 
throw in a bit of strokes gain tee to green this week and you could be getting to the right answer we shall see i think there's different ways to navigate this it's a risk rewards track i think it's likely to be a little bit more scorable this year i mean did i say 13 14 under for the winning totals in the past and um, i think you might get a little bit deeper than that this week it might be 16 17 something in that break i don't think the scoring is going to get away but i think it is going to be reasonably reasonably scorable this week anyway boil it all down i've backed five this week the shortest of the five is Bjorn olsen who i backed at 30 to 1 with eight places each way a fifth of the odds that was with 365 you can take 33 to 1 still with uh, six places i took the eight place option seeing as there was only a small differential in the price this week and he's one of those fringy kind of players the Orbjorn. um he could could if he plays particularly well over the next few months make the Ryder cup he got a taste for it back in 2018 when he made the team i think he's playing well enough to be a factor this year if he can continue his form now he won this event back in 2018 in that year that he qualified for the Ryder cup it was a rolex series event at the time certainly helped his cause that year Perhaps he can tread a similar kind of path this week or this year as he tries to get qualifying um, for that uh, Luke Donald team. It's 2018, lots of water under the bridge since then. Um, seems to have settled down a bit now, um, both in his home life and also with his golf as well. He won the British Masters last year. He won in Thailand by four um, from the front back in February as well. That was really impressive uh, to see him win that. 98th in the world rankings and we talked about the PGA Championship a little bit earlier you know he's on the cusp of a start of the US PGA if he can just maintain or improve that position this week in terms of Italian form twice a winner on Italian soil twice a runner-up on Italian soil as well 16th here last year he's actually in much much better form now than he was this time last year or when this was played last year to start the year, 20th in Abu Dhabi, 16th in Dubai, 4th Raz Al Khaimah, 6th in India. I talked about his win in Thailand, playing some really tasty stuff for your Bjorn Olsen. 5th for greens in regulation for the season, 3rd for strokes gain approach, 3rd for strokes gain tee to green, that key metric that I talked about for the season to date. Playing some great stuff. I just had to put him in through Bjorn at the top. Seems like a really strong bet for me this week. Pretty primed for this, I think. A little bit further down, a guy you backed last week, Steve, Guido Migliozzi. Now, Guido opened at 66 to 1 yesterday. That was um, a price that, I, you know, I, it was never going to last. At 45 to 1 now, I suspect he'll be 33, 40 to 1, something like that, maximum by the time the event starts. So his price will have pretty much halved from the first shows on Monday. But lots of reason to understand why he's been backed off the boards. Um, I think he could be the one that really does supply the excitement for the local fans here uh, this week. Never the most consistent, as we know, but his best golf, when he plays his best golf, really is top draw. And we saw that at the, um, at the Golf National last year, didn't we? Another Ryder Cup venue. 16 to one, oh, 16 under he won uh, that week. First for strokes going approach, third for strokes going tee to green. Uh, fantastic final round of 62 and that winning shot that he played into the 18th hole um, you know just showed um the kind of minerals that you need to be able to uh, to, to to win a tournament like that and to, to execute on a on a Ryder Cup course and perhaps we'll see something similar happen here this week in terms of incoming form 20th in Abu Dhabi 
then four straight missed cuts. This is what I'm talking about. The guy isn't the most consistent. Then 23rd in Japan where um, he shot a 64 in the third round. That's uh, that's what must, must have caught your eye for last week, Steve. 14th yeah. last week um, in Korea. And again, closed with a round of 63. That tied the best round of the week is closing round of 63. Uh, yeah, something's percolating there. There's, there's something moving in the right direction with Guido. Played here twice, 34th both, both times. If you look at his stats for the, both of those events, they're almost a carbon copy of each other. Um, you know, his approach game was good both times. His putting was negative both times. Actually, putting positively right now, um, putting much better than he was both times he's arrived here. I think he could be a factor this week, Guido Migliotti. <laughs> Paul, you're, you're going to ask me who I'm who I've backed. He's my only back in this event. Yeah, I can I see why. Managed to get him at that. Uh, Bet three six five priced up the Italian Open before the Wells Fargo, and I had a quick. The first thing I did yesterday morning had a quick read through straight on. Yeah. So I, I've I've been I've been following him for a couple of weeks. Haven't mm. I? Definitely. I mean, he's the right price. I just like also on the strokes gained uh, rankings that you've pulled together this week. He's second for strokes gained approach on this golf course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is what I mean. Is 12th for T, 12th for ball striking, 14th for T to green in yeah. this field. Yeah, it's just the Perfect. putting. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, but again, if you look through, as I say, the stats that he's produced with the putter over the last couple of weeks, um, yeah. it's, it's all moving in the right direction. That, yeah, yeah that, my, my one and only bet. Yeah, no, I can see why. I mean, that 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 early price, and you know, as I say, there's still plenty of forty-five to one round right now. Um, and so this is what eight forty-five a.m. on Tuesday morning. He won't be that price before they start because he's going to continue to be backed, I'm sure. So if you fancy a bit of Guido, and uh, in terms of quality in this field, he's the kind of player that can win. He, he fits with yeah. the uh, fits with the odds narrative that I talked about earlier. There's an awful lot to like about Guido this week. Uh, so yeah, I can see why you're on. The other one I've backed, similar kind of price. Again, opened at 66. He's been backed in a little bit, 50 to 1 currently. Adri Arnaus. And uh, he's another one of these talented but pretty inconsistent sorts who... You know, it could be the type of player again who goes and actually wins this tournament from uh, from you know relatively nondescript form. In terms of the season to date, four missed cuts um, from eight starts so far this year, and and he's missed his last two cuts on the trot as well. Quite narrowly though, you know, they're not disastrous missed cuts, but certainly hasn't made the weekend the last two starts. But outside of that, thirteenth Rolex Series level in Dubai. Uh, sixth Raz Khaimah, second at the SDC Championship as well. And if you go back to last year, last May, he won in Cat- Catalonia. Um, it's exactly this time of year off form of miscut, miscut. So he can do it. He does do it. That is kind of, again, his particular MO. And if the putter reignites, again, that could be a factor here this week for him. He can be really hot and cold with a putter. We've seen some really strong putting performances this year and we've seen some really poor ones as well. And that's been the reason he's missed his last two cuts. The putter's been um, off the boil a bit. Um, Perhaps that'll just turn around. Uh, Two wins in Italy from uh, from the Alps tour days when um, he was playing at lower levels. Also finished fifth in Chervo in 2020 on the Italian Open. Twelfth here in 2021. He was fourth of the first day here last year, and then drifted and, and missed the cut in the end. Did a did a full Keegan that uh, that particular day, but fourth um, after the first day. He can play the course, um, can play in Italy, and uh, he can win golf tournaments. Adrian, now so I think uh, sixty six. Well, first say fifty to one now. 
uh, best price available. I think that's worth taking a mid price as well. A couple of longer shots. Um, I'm sticking with Masahiro Kawamura, 90 to 1. I backed him at the ISPS Hander a couple of weeks ago on his home soil. He missed a cut, of course. Perhaps he was rusty, hadn't played for six weeks. And I don't know, perhaps the expectation of playing at home was playing on his mind. Perhaps it was just the fact that I'd backed him and, <laughs> and missing yeah. the cut. That's well, either way, he didn't make any impact that week. 73 opened with second round 66. He did actually flirt with making the cut at one point before a late bogey. So he certainly improved um, in the second round. Uh, before that, 19th at, um, in India, or 17th in India rather, um, runner-up in Kenya as well. Uh, some decent strong form in relatively recent times. Also finished second to last year's winner, Bob McIntyre, back in Cyprus in 2020. So if you can draw any comparisons between those two events, then potentially you could make a case for Karamura on there. Um, fifth here on debut back in 2021, so he can play the course. Could do something similar this week, I think, um, and make himself... Uh, yeah, see himself into the frame for an each way place at 90 to 1. And the final one I've backed three figures, 125 to 1. Daniel Brown, Dan Brown, the Yorkshireman, progressing quickly through the ranks. Um, Dan Brown, he's uh, gone successive seasons from the Europe, Euro Pro Tour to the Challenge Tour, now playing on the DP World Tour. So you'd forgive him if he was taking a little bit of time to adjust to it, but uh, he's having none of it. 10 starts on the DP World Tour from the season to date, 10 cuts made, perfect uh, record so far. Fifth at the Joburg Open, ninth at the SDC Championship, a couple of top 10s in there as well. Um, and individually, if you dig through his stats, we've seen all aspects of his game um, fire at uh, different points over those 10 uh, events so far. Averages 305 off the tee, so he's going to have no problems around here um, attacking some of these risk-reward holes. Um, can drive it straight, can hit lots of greens, he can putt, he can scramble. It just needs to put all... It probably doesn't even need to put all aspects of the game. It probably needs to put two or three aspects of the game together in one particular week, and he'll contend in this kind of level of field, I think. Uh, debut this week, as we know, I mean, he's debuting pretty much every particular week, but um, yeah, less of a disadvantage this week with only two renewals so far here at Marco Simone. So, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be as disadvantaged as he would be on some of the other courses this week. And I think he's one to keep an eye on for the future. 125 to 1 isn't going to be around forever uh, when he continues to make cuts and uh, contend at DP World Tour level. So that's my five. Dan Brown, Kawamura, Adrian Else, Guido and Thor Bjorn Olesen. Uh, so Steve's on uh, Guido as well. Barry, you picked anyone out for this week for in Italy? I jumped on Guido as well. I was trying to just get a, a feel from the visuals what this course uh, reminds me of and that kind of lead into making a pick because... It seems like whatever other way I've been trying to figure out bets on the DP World Tour hasn't worked. So let's go mm. with this. Um, so, yeah, kind of gave me a little bit of the Golf Nacional vibes plus the Ryder Cup link. So I went with uh, Guido as well. I love that shout. Yeah. And then I'm just going to stick with Alexander Bjork. He's been 16th and 14th the last two weeks. So I've got him mm. on that 12 places, Marcus, if he continues that trend. He could slip in and get something, but the guy's playing well. So, see what happens. Other than that, I'm gonna I'm gonna cap it at just the two, 
um, yeah. see can we find some sort of connection to picking a golfer and them playing well on the given week on the GP World Tour. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, Bjork's playing some pretty solid stuff, isn't he? Is uh, again, you, you could expect him to to pop up and, uh, and and finish in the each way places over you know some of these forthcoming events, particularly this kind of level. So, so I can see your logic. Yeah, the Golf National, I, I, we'll see. But yeah, I, I can I can see the can see the comparisons that you'd make between the two. Certainly exposed. Um, in, in places, lots of water in play. Um, you know, I, I don't like using the the linksy word in that that context, but uh, you know, you can you, the fescue will always give you a little bit of a, a yeah. feel of that kind of stuff as well. A L- so. little bit like Heathlandy kind of vibe, but it's not mm. really. It's just rolling country. I, I was trying to. I was kind of feels a little bit like um, Colleen Castle here or Dunleary gives that off you know vibe with a little bit of fescue in between the holes, but it's still not by the sea so yeah uh, yeah so anyway it'll be really great to see the golf course um a few months in advance of the Ryder cup and just be kind of mentally ready for a few cool holes uh that could pop up in match play yeah yeah absolutely i mean it it should should be relatively soft this week compared to how it uh, may play later in the year We'll, we'll see it depends how the summer goes i guess um so yeah it'll probably be more scorable now than than then but it remains to be seen what they do in the meantime whether they kind of nip the fairways in a little bit and uh, make it a bit more positive for the European players should I say <laughs> in, uh, in, I, in I think they'll time. be nipped <laughs> yeah. yeah I think that fescue will be a bit taller as well yeah I think I think there'll be a few um, few tricks that they'll play to give us a little bit of an advantage I take it Luke I take it Luke Donald will be there this week he is yeah he's playing this week yeah yeah be keeping an eye on some of these wannabe players. Uh, you don't. I don't need much persuading into him, but I'm, I've just backed Andre Arnaus. Uh, 45, 45 to one on the eight places each way market. You can get fifty to one with Coral seven places right now. Mm. He's the way you've explained it. Position the prices, the kind of players that win here from just off the pace on the bet in the betting boards. The other thing with Arnaus, you listen to this. That win he had in the Catalunya Championship came off a form of second, miscut, miscut. His form right now, second at the SDC Championship, miscut, miscut. Yep. Written in the stars. Biorhythms, mate, time of the year, who yep. knows. But yeah, I'm on Arnaus as well. Yep. Now I fancy his chances. I think he, I think he'll go well compared to what his um, incoming form yes. looks like on paper. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. Yep. Best of luck. I boys. Hope your bets go well, especially Cam Champ and Guida. Oh, yeah. Best of luck, boys. Best of luck. He says as he's laughing. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck to the listeners. Best of luck with your golf bets, your uh, your DraftKings teams, whatever you're pulling together. We'll be back next week. What have you got, Paul? It's the Sudal Open in Belgium next week. Belgium. Mm. We're at the um, KH Lee Open in Texas next week as KH goes for his third Byron Nelson victory on the row in a row. So that'll be good. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Cheerio. If you like betting on God. But everyone that you back misses the cut. Get some experts involved. 
With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf 